Hello, lovely people. I want to take a quick moment to tell you about Two East Eighth Productions' newest short film project called Sid Penrose. This is a deeply personal project about depression and suicide. But more than that, it's about choosing to face another day when you're at your lowest. Many involved with this film have had first-hand experience with depression and suicide, and that is why they are so passionate about bringing this story to life. Head over to Indiegogo and search for Sid Penrose, a short film, to help them reach their $3,000 production goal. With your contribution, 2 East 8th will be paying the amazingly talented cast and crew needed to make this the best film possible. Any funds that are left over will be donated to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Check it out, contribute if you can, and spread the word to help make this project come to life. This week's podcast is brought to you by Elephant and Castle, located at 185 North Wabash and 111 West Adams in Chicago, Illinois. Look, I know you're looking for that perfect English pub experience so you can grab some incredible drinks and tasty food. Well, good news, Elfin and Castle has you covered. They have excellent daily drink specials, happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And if you're a fan of soccer, Elfin and Castle is the place to be for the Women's World Cup through July 7th to watch all of your favorite teams compete. Come on down to Elfin and Castle at 185 North Wabash or 111 West Adams in Chicago, Illinois, and tell them that Mind Gap Podcast sent you. This episode of Mind Gap Podcast is also brought to you by Don Don's Castle Forge Swords. We all need to take care of our loved ones, and guns can be scary and often are the source of most arguments on Facebook. Don Don's Castle Forge Swords fill that void and let potential intruders know that you mean business. This isn't your typical sword. It's Castle Forged, so you know it's legit and is prepared to cleave some heads in twain. They're strong enough to cut through the hide of a Jabberwocky while bounce enough to duel the Black Knight that guards the pass to the cursed forest of Baclorian. Take your home security back to the Middle Ages with Don Don's Castle Forged Swords. Head over to dondoncfs.com and enter promo code MINDGAPCLEAVE to get plus three damage to any adjacent enemies. Holy shit, gang. It's episode 200. Boy, do we have a special one for you this week. This week, the tremendously talented and insightful Taylor Mallory joins us. If you don't know who he is, you better get on it. Not only is he an incredible musician and actor, but he is so thoughtful and introspective. It was honestly such a pleasure having him spend time with us to chat about music, what makes it affect us, how he approaches acting and finding a way to be vulnerable, and what are the best ways to communicate and provide feedback. Go follow him right now on his social medias at Taylor Mallory and check out his album Take Control anywhere you buy and listen to music. Now that you know how awesome Taylor is, give the person next to you an encouraging head nod and get ready for episode 200 of Mind Gap Podcast. Mind Gap Podcast. I have a funny story actually about this building. Um, oh, shit. I, I had a show eight years ago. Okay. Um, and it got canceled. And I had brought a whole video crew out. 
No. And so we went on to on the top of because this is connected to like a residential <clears throat> building as well. Right, so we right. went to the top of the uh, rooftop and shot a whole music video. Oh, that's awesome! Hey, really? So you this, know what? You're so, like, we're so gonna so make the most is coming of this. full circle right now. <laughs> that's so we're gonna yeah. make the most yeah. of this. I love that. And you said that was eight years ago. Yeah, it was eight years ago. So eight years ago, also how Taylor and I met each other. <laughs> It all it all circles back. Eight years later, everything circles back. It does. Wow. I, I was doing a, uh, a a show for an online network called Hyperlocal Live, and it was all about local-based uh, stuff. And uh, we did something called the lunch break, and it was a we would eat lunch at a local uh, uh, Chicago place, and uh, we would interview someone, a local Chicago celebrity, right? Taylor was our celebrity that day. And so <laughs> cool. one of our interns uh, introduced, he's, she's like, I got this musician friend. You're going to want to talk to him. And so we brought him in, and Taylor and I had a, a wonderful interview, wonderful chat. And yeah. uh, again, eight years later, we're back doing it again in the building he shot the music video on top of eight years later. Yes. That's so crazy because eight years ago for me, Tell I was me. crying in the stairwell of a hotel that I hated working at. Oh, wow. So same thing. Same thing, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know what I was doing with my life. Uh, hated my job. And I was like, why can't I find... I was telling, begging my wife, can I quit? <laughs> She's like, I really want you to, but we can't afford it. I was like, I hate working here. Do you not like the number eight now? No, nah, I'm okay with it. That's <laughs> fine. What are you going to do? Number eight's been very bad. I'm just, I'm just looking back. I was like, Actually, 2011. Mean, you know what? Eight means new beginning. So maybe by, by you crying in the stairwell, that was like you transitioning to where you are now. Oh, this is because come on now. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're <laughs> seconds into this and this is already met. I'm like, Seven <laughs> years ago, I met this guy and my life changed. So and that's actually not for the better really, or worse. It's for know. the best, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Justin was one of those people where way. like the instant I met him, I was like, we're going to be best friends. Yeah. Like yeah. it was like we had an instant connection. <laughs> I was like, I, th- those happen so few and far between yeah. for me anyway. Taylor, you're probably like, Pfft. No, everyone I mean, it's no. like best friend, but no, for you just him. get those vibes. I, I completely understand. It's just yeah. like you, you, you just know. Like there's something about a spirit. I always believe like we live in this, this physical, materialistic world, but it's really a spiritual world. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you can go into a room and feel someone's yes. energy. Absolutely, you can't. Yeah. You can't see it. You can feel it. So yeah. like, I, I definitely agree in. Yeah, well, you subscribe the, to that. For I mean, sure. you get those times for sure where you go like you. Everyone has met someone where they walk up immediately when you meet them, like, "Ooh, I get a bad." Like, <laughs> immediately, I don't, I don't know if I like this. this immediately, I, bad. Vibe, I hate yeah. that because I don't like judging people. But at the same time, I'm like, "There's something about you," right? Yeah. And then you talk to them. It's like we are only going to be at most seventy percent compatible, exactly. And that thirty percent is pretty crucial. So I right. think we should probably just go our separate ways. Yeah, because yeah. it's just a matter. I've told the story before, but I used to have uh, a girl on my team. That I was managing, and she was just out of, out of college. Okay. I was, God, she must have been probably 10 years younger than me. And I made a reference to Jaws, the movie, and she goes, I've never seen Jaws. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, okay. And then I like, made a reference to Star Wars, and she didn't know the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. And I was like, okay. She goes, yeah. she goes no one knows. I go, Bullshit. Yeah. I was like, oh. And then I was Hard like. stop. That's false. And it was just like, there was a lot of things like that where I was like, I like you, but we are never going to really connect. Right. <laughs> That's how I am with like music. And yeah. I, I learned that early on in my earlier relationships is that I, I used to date some girls who just did not like music. And I didn't realize like. Like didn't like music at all? They, this one girl who I dated years ago, he literally told me that it hurt, it hurt her ears. 
And I'm like, whoa, music is like the universal language. Yeah, How can you not be connected to anything? And she's like, I just don't like it at all. I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Right. So that's a big thing for me is like the whole music catalog. I, I, I have a pretty diverse palette. Sure. So, but yeah, it's like if you can't get into the whole music thing for me, it's kind of like a no go. Well, let me it, ask yeah. you this. Yeah. This always kind of drives me nuts. And it's probably just irrational because most things about me are irrational. But when I say it's quite irrational, I'll ask somebody, go, hey, what's your favorite kind of music? They're like, I like everything. Oh, I, I was hate like, that. thank you. Thank I you. I hate that. No, it's you bullshit. do not like it's everything. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. There's something. It's like, you're ready to go out on the town. That's how we land. We're going to go out on the town. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to get a buggy and we're going to go to the town. Um, no, you're going you're gonna to go out and you, or it's like you're excited. You're, it's a party. Like, what is the music you put on? Anything. Bullshit. Yeah. There's something that right. you're like, Bro. this is my pump up music. And Justin, what is it? Say it. Well, uh, <laughs> Summer Girls by LMFAO. There you oh, go. Nice. LFO, rather. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely false. I hate that song. Well, I remember we dissected that in, 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 we did, yeah. in very uh, great detail. For me, if I'm going to go out, I'll probably put Foo Fighters on if there I really want to get like, That's I just, your band. Like something rock, yeah. Yeah. How about, about you, Taylor? Yeah. Um, so if I'm going to the gym, I'll play trap music. So okay. I'll play okay. Future. Okay. Um, yeah, any trap music. But honestly, like, then there's sometimes I'll go to the gym and I'll play Steely Dan. Hey. Like re- yeah. uh, uh, Reeling uh, of, of the Years. I yeah, think it's the name of the Years. Yeah. yeah, like that's one of my favorite Steely Dan joints. I'll yeah. listen to that or... Something funky from the 70s. Sure. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Get the yeah. energy going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really depends on me. But if I'm trying to like have like a chest workout, like the yeah, big yeah. gladiator <laughs> Spartan workout, I need something that's going to get me into an insane you know, mentality yeah. where I feel like I can do anything. So, yeah. So one thing. What about you? What's your pump up music? Uh, yeah. It depends. Like right now, I'm really into a band called Tiny Moving Parts. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. You show me that. Man. Oh, I fucking love it. Is that right the now. one with the lead singer that's really hard to look at? Uh, no. Okay. You know what I'm talking <laughs> that's about. That's Belmont. Right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> this guy's real hard to I was like, oh, that guy's, I can't, oof, yeah, he's not that fun. No, there, there's a great three-piece band from uh, Minnesota. And okay, cool. This guy does incredible guitar stuff while singing. I'm like, how can you do that? Right, nice. And I just, I've been listening to it nonstop. I found another of other older albums. I'm like, you, yeah, I'm just listening to this on repeat yeah. over and over, and I'm not bored with it yet, which is a good thing. So that's my jam right now. I, I, have, I have one more, and it's yeah. also uh, Christopher Cross, Ride Like the Wind. That song have you, do you guys know what I that? don't know if I, I know, know Chris Cross yeah man Christopher it, Cross oh dude oh you say Chris stop it and <laughs> make you jump yeah that that song will take you it, it feels like you, like that's a good song for if you're running like okay. if you're running okay. like it, it just makes you feel like you can just do anything oh. like with the instrumentation I love it what's cause there's the there's there's oh. Isn't that, oh, look at him like you're running oh, I hear the that beat it's like there's the pace right there Oh man, probably shouldn't play that too loud. We'll have to get this pulled. Probably no. We just talk over it. That's how it works. Pretty sure that's not how that works. <laughs> well, we did it for less than thirty seconds. It's thank free, you, right? Thank you Christopher Cross for letting us promote your song. Yeah. That's how. It, that's yeah, because yeah. you need that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he'll appreciate it. Um, uh, but there's there's just something about. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, mm-hmm. but there's been times where I've heard music. And I don't know if it's just because of how I grew up, but like all of a sudden I get so emotional, like that I start like tearing up, and I'm like, "Same here." This song is so sad, or it makes me feel. I went to uh, see probably the last concert I went to to see um, the Wonder Years, um, and they had this song uh, that I was super into. Uh, Jill was still pregnant, 
and it was it was they played it and I just started bawling. Yeah, man. I was like, "What's happened to me? Why am I doing?" It was just it was beautiful. It's one of my favorite songs. They played it live, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" And I yeah. felt so vulnerable, but I was like, "This is beautiful." Like, what's explain that to me, Taylor? Why does that happen scientifically? I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure scientifically. Well, I will tell you this uh, from uh, from a theory standpoint. Any song that's like in a major key usually makes you feel happy. Yeah. Mm. Um, like the song Happy by Pharrell Williams. Yeah. It generally makes you feel happy. Um, but any song that's like in a minor scale usually is like mysterious mm-hmm. or makes you feel emotional in mm-hmm. a sense. So I think, I'm not sure scientifically, but emotionally from what I've learned just from my mentors, like artists who actually put their emotions into yeah. the records, it, it, it stays on that medium. And that's why when we hear Earth, Wind, and Fire, Reasons, or Devotion, or September, or um, Shining Star, or when we hear Steely Dan's Hey 19, or Deacon Blues, um, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm just naming all, all, all my favorite records. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we feel the emotion. And honestly, the vocalist may not be the greatest singer, mm-hmm. but we feel the emotion. And I think that's the, um, the element to music. It's a very emotional, spiritual medium that is transferred agree. to everyone and we all feel the same thing so i know exactly what yeah. you're talking about because that that song i was telling you about the singer when he sings it's just like he puts forth this thing where i'm like how do you have a voice left it's not quite screaming but there's just this sense of urgency and passion i think is the best way to put it mm-hmm. that the song itself it's just it's very the, the album entirely is is it has a very sad tone to it hmm. and there's a lot of that stuff that kind of ekes out and uh i just feel it so much when he's singing it and i think that's probably what got me and the same thing with there's this new song or i guess they redid it by tiny moving parts where it's called uh for the sake of brevity and it's just it sounds so damn sad hmm. and you hear the words and it's like something about a mother not coming home and i'm just like oh shit and it's just, it's so beautiful to me. But that's the thing that sucks, too. I could play this for Justin. He could probably be like, that's fine. Yeah. I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> well, I've heard, it's powerful. We've I've done heard, this before. We have. And I've heard yeah. people have the debate over Cats in the Cradle by Cat Stevens. Yeah. Right? And it's just like yeah, one yeah. of those where like I hear it and I'm just like... <laughs> But I've heard other yeah. people who hear it. They're just like, yeah, no, it's a good. Yeah, rock why it. is that? I mean, like, so, so why? And I, I guess it's a great topic to, to to kick off is because what does it mean to you? Right. Well, so I my parents were divorced. Okay. And when I was, uh, I got divorced really young. I was like six months old. Oh wow. And when okay. I was six, my mom moved us from Moline in the Quad Cities up to Schaumburg. Hmm. And so with my her and my stepdad and everything, so three hours away from my dad. So I always had, it was always work to keep that relationship. And my dad like did everything in his power to see me as many, as much as he could. He'd come up. If I had a concert, he'd come up for one night, drive up three hours, watch the concert and drive back three hours. Like, so for me, I had that, like there's such a, uh, such a sentimental thing with the father son relationship. So for me, that's where I'm just like, I hear that. Like, yep, absolutely. Dad, you know, I get real into it. Yeah. That's the same thing for me because I tend to listen to the same music that my father played when I was a kid. Oh, oh my god! Boy. Yes, and, absolutely. And I think uh, I think it just makes you a feel like a kid again. But then also too, like my, you know, love my father. Both my parents have been both have been in my life very instrumentally. Um, but my father didn't talk a lot growing up. Okay. So when he would play the music in the car, that was his way of communicating to me. So I, like I think, that. and I just had this epiphany the other day. I was like, <laughs> this is why I'm listening to this music. And I'm so uh, connected to it because it was the way that me and my father 
uh, communicated in a way. We we had our our father and son time. Yeah. You know, so wow, yeah, interesting how it, you personalize songs for yourself. Absolutely, yeah, and that's—I mean, I—that's—I was worried when I was in grade school that I would never. My first CD was fifties uh, or sixties sock hop. Like okay. songs from the sock hop of the 60s, right? Okay. Like Big Bopper, uh, you know, Chubby Checker, all like... And okay. Then, and so, because my dad shared all his music with me. So yeah. I was very concerned that I was, as I was growing up through like mid, like grade school, middle school, that I was never going to like contemporary popular music because mm. I'm just... Like I would be listening to like the entire catalog of the Beatles and then someone else would be like, have you heard the new Garbage song? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> who? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no, no. The the new corn song is amazing. I'm like, I, I don't know, I don't know what that is. Yeah, but like all that shit that you would grow. And I was like, I'm never gonna know what people are talking about. Yeah. But it was because that was what my dad raised me on. So yeah. for me, I'm like that. That's music, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I laugh because uh, my dad liked a lot of classic rock, but he particularly liked Meatloaf, specifically mm. Bad Out of Hell. And my mom hated that so much that mysteriously my dad's cassette tape of Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, disappeared. Uh-oh. I just remember him. There's this big, quote-unquote, mystery. You know, he'd always, he'd always look at her and be like, she, she'd be like, something's missing. He goes, oh, yeah, just like that Meatloaf tape? <laughs> and she, like, would never admit to it. And then one day she told my brother and I, of course, we both told my dad because we're kids. Yeah. And mom said she threw it away. He goes, I knew it! That's funny. My parents were the exact same way. My mom loved eighties rock. Oh, she loved (laughs) like hair metal. Um, More like like Prince. More like the classic like eighties poppy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like um, Bon Jovi, Tears for Fears. Oh, okay, Uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like the the wave, the eighties wave. Gotcha. My father hated that shit. I can see why. All all about the soul and the funk. And and my mom, she loved. And the only she didn't even she didn't really like R and B. The only band she liked was Earth Earth Wind and Fire. Okay, Mm -hmm. but I got it both. I got both of. The best yeah. worlds. My mom loved gospel music, eighties music. My dad listened to funk and R and B. Dude, so I'm like, you got what a, what a nice that's combo. What I listen to to this day, man. That's awesome. Because yeah. my mom was into in a lot of the pop stuff, but not yeah. not even pop. It was just like uh, there's you guys ever hear the band called the Jets? Yes. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, Yep. I want it all. Yep. 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 Yes. That was that was anytime we were on a road trip. It was that. It was Madonna. It was Michael Jackson, which I'm thankful for that. It was Mamas and the Papas. It was like really weird collection of things. That's funny, that, man. But oh man, it was a lot of that stuff that I was. Just, my mom continuously listened to the soundtrack to Saint Elmo's Fire. So like that song. So whenever I hear Saint Elmo's Fire, I'm like, yeah, because I used to get that song used to pump me up when I was okay. like going to school. I was like Saint Elmo's Fire. Like I was like, so I hear that now, and I'm like, it brings. Is there any better time machine than music? Oh, you hear a song, mm. you are instantly teleported somewhere. Instantly, and you yeah. actually go back to that era when I'm listening to music. It's like, I'm, okay, I'm there. Yeah, a hundred percent. When I just said yeah. "Animals Fire," I just immediately pictured myself in the back of the silver minivan that we were driving, and I was yeah. on my way to school, and I was like daydreaming about like doing heroic things to this song. That's yes. exactly what I, I was there just a second ago. Yeah. It's just boom. You're instantly there. Yeah. It's crazy how that does it. Fellas, that. I think we have a, a, a new Black Mirror episode that we need to pick. <laughs> <laughs> Time traveling music. Right? Someone hears a song and immediately they're sucked into the, yeah. into the past. Yeah. And you don't know what's the real, right. real timeline. Yeah. They hear a song yeah. and then it's like, wait, what is the real, what's the real 
present and future. Who knows? I wonder if that'd be a, a, a continuation of uh, San Genipero. Ah, uh, could be. I, you know, because they, they kind of played on that idea. But I love that yeah. episode. Oh, that's my favorite one. Okay. Yeah. Well, you like that one, but you don't like the regional one. Whatever. Here we go. We're <laughs> just saying. Open. Just saying. I'm Justin, you haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to dive into it too much. So sure, we'll sure, just, sure. You know. Sorry. No, that's cool. That's all good. I like that. I'm always thinking of new ways to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? So, I, so let's, let's, we'll diver, diverge from uh, music for just a second, yes. and we'll let this hash out. Um, so the new, uh, the new season of Black Mirror came out. Doug is quite a fan, and Taylor was less than thrilled with what... Uh, Shaka, baby. What, uh, <laughs> almost. <laughs> with, what, uh, with what was put forth. So what, yeah. uh, let's start with you. What, what, uh, why didn't it meet your expectations? Uh, I think that us Black Mirror fans are used... Can, can we curse? Yes. I think we're I almost used, said fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> drive the point. All, all day, I yeah. think we're used to the mind fuck. Yeah, and the first one definitely was, but yeah, that one I was like, I was telling Justin <laughs> episode one. Yeah, the episode one. Five, yeah, okay. Because I watched the trailer for that season, I was like, I know what these episodes are about. And I watched that one, I was like, nope. Don't did not see that coming. Didn't I mean I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, okay, okay, yeah. okay. The, oh, now this is interesting. But very interesting concept, though. But very I, much. The the first episode is my be- it's my favorite episode yes. of that season because sure. it really plays on a lot of different you know um, things that are going on in this world right yes. now like the topic of like what is sexuality and sexuality is a spectrum and the fact that yeah it, it, it and then it's and, and what I like about it is that and I know a lot of people don't want to hear this but I think that for the black community uh, for the sake of us accepting um, other black people who are gay I think that that was a great way. For us to show two black men who are not always mask I mean, they were masculine men, but to, to show it to, to, to show that not so much because it needs to be pushed on America, but for the fact that we need to just see we need to be uncomfortable. Yes, we need to be uncomfortable looking at that so we can see and accept it and have conversations about that, except instead of looking at our brothers and sisters and like, ah, oh, no, you know, that's not that's gay or no, that's stupid. That is not. We need to have those conversations. So I appreciate Black Mirror for doing that, for opening up the topic of like sexuality is, is, is a spectrum and using African-American males because that's not something that is really portrayed. I was going to say, because typically is like when every time you see a, uh, a gay couple portrayed, it's typically white, white females or white males. Like yeah. You typically don't get a lot of diversity in, in I mean, they people would argue that well it's diverse because they're gay but like you it's really not showing like you said the spectrum of people that are out there and not yeah. only that it, it's you know there's for lack of a better word the, the stereotypical you know sort of cliche of what a gay person is like and you know uh, George, uh, Key and Peele did a wonderful sketch on that mm. you remember where uh, oh yes yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Keegan Michael Key plays a very like overt over the top gay caricature and he's talking to Jordan Peele. Who's like in the same like workspace as him, and like you know Keegan Michael Key is just like, oh, are you judging me for my lifestyle? And he's just being like, and you, if you, the the spin on it is that you find out that Jordan Peele, just regular average dude, is also gay. Yeah, it's like, and then the best part is that over that that caricature at the end of the episode, he goes, oh, I'm the asshole. Like he has a realization mm. that like he keeps going, like, you don't appreciate who I am and what I'm doing and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. He's like, no, nah, man, I'm not I'm not saying anything. I'm just. Yeah. Right. Whatever. And it's like in this episode, it's the same thing. That's why it threw me for a loop. I'm like, I didn't see that coming. But it was also like you said, it was a spectrum. Because again, not to give too much away, but when yeah, when we give too much, when they sort of have their their final scene, and it's like, nah, there's nothing. 
it, I truly believe that there wasn't. It was because of how they were experiencing their love. That's what it was yeah. for them because they were like, this is too weird. He's like, but I don't know, but something about it, I was sitting there just going, just, I was infatuated with it yeah, when it was done. It was I texted my brother. I was like, I fucking love this show. Yeah. <laughs> but then after after that episode, I mean, I, I liked Smithereens. I just mm-hmm. felt that it just, um, I guess I guess it seemed like what they were trying to do this season was trying to come a little bit more closer to technology to, uh, of today instead of trying to go to the complete mind fuck. Mm-hmm. Because Smithereens was really just a play off of Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Yeah. And the fact that we are... <clears throat> We're desensitized by these apps, by, by the fact that I don't want to give too much away. By the end, you know, mm-hmm. people are desensitized to whatever happens <clears throat> in the world because we get all these notifications. Right. Um, but I will say this. The acting from the British mm. is amazing. Mm. I mean, I don't know what school they come from, <clears throat> but the acting, it just feels so real. It yeah. doesn't even feel like they're acting. Well, you know, when I think of when you think about amazing acting, is the um, I can't I can never remember the name of it, but it was like basically season one, episode two, where they're basically using the bikes to earn their currency. Okay, yes. And, and the guy who was in Get Out. Yeah, I didn't and, even know he wasn't British. Neither did I. Or Britain, whatever. Totally yeah. British. Yeah. And he gives. I'm just. I finally was like, told my wife, I'm like, you have to watch this with me. So we just started rewatching it. I just rewatched that episode. He has a scene. That just stops you. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. This guy is a... God damn it, he's good. Yeah. He's just like bearing his soul. He's like losing it. You can see just everything about him. He's sweating profusely. And you know that's like, that's real. Right. No yeah. one's going... Yeah. All right, go. He's just like into it. His eyes are bulging out. You're like, dude, this guy is fucking pissed. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. What a, what a powerful, powerful thing. And that also just... Makes it even more interesting because of the way that that episode ends. It's like I know, right? I'm like, oh god! But like, see, that's what that's what the fans of Black Mirror we we yeah. we love. We love that that uh, knife to the heart. Yeah, you know um, the realism, I, if you will, the cynicism of 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 the world, where it's like, yeah, there, there's no happy ending here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to lie. Like when I saw the third episode, I was like, I haven't oh, seen that one yet. Okay, I haven't I'm seen not it. Going to tell. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean you, you you know who's in it. I do. And I'm like, Justin, who's in it? I was like, please, oh, Black. It's Taylor Swift. Right? He goes, Taylor Swift's in it. I go, no, it's my Osiris. He goes, like, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, please, Black Mirror, do not go Hollywood. Please right. do not go okay. Hollywood. Your fans are like, no, don't do that. I mean, it was it, it's an okay episode. Yeah, it's it not one of the best. Yeah, it just it just didn't. Yeah. But you were thinking like they're bringing in too many. Like if you start bringing in high level celebrities, then it starts to kind of take away from what like the point of the show is. Yeah, is it kind of it takes away the mystery. Like that's the whole beautiful thing about Twilight Zone. It's kind of like a playoff Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, Black Mirror, exactly. and I think that. It just takes away the mystery because when we see Miley Cyrus as Americans, we already know all the bullshit that she's done. And so, yeah, you know, <laughs> and I mean, even though if she's a, a really great actress on screen, it's yeah. still hard to like detach that, you know? Yeah, that that's it's, a fair point. It brings some baggage with it. Whereas a lot of these, you know, British folks, you know, like uh, Toby Kebbell, who I think is one of, uh, he's an incredible, he's basically kind of like the second coming of Andy Serkis as far as like he does a lot of motion capture stuff. He did, uh, he played... I hate to bring it up. He played Doom in the the bad Fantastic Four reboot. He mm-hmm. was uh, uh, he played an orc in one of the main orcs in Warcraft. He does a lot of motion capture stuff. Mm. He was also in Hurricane Heist. Oh yeah, yeah. The was lead he, was he the face? He, he, of he was the, he was the lead. Hurricane? No, he no. was the lead in Hurricane Heist. Got it. Uh, but he does an episode of Black Mirror. That's the one. that's like the 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 history of you, where <laughs> everyone has that stuff in, in their oh, eyes okay. implant, where they can record every single thing yeah. they do in their entire oh, okay, life. Yeah. Powerful episode. Incredible 
incredible acting by him in that episode. Also, yes. heartrending episode. Um, but seeing like these people just give tremendous performances. Yes, it's just like God. I, have you watched uh, Chernobyl yet? No, what's that on HBO? It's about the the Chernobyl meltdown in Russia in the eighties. No, the, the nuclear uh, the nuclear where there was a giant uh, explosion in one of the nuclear reactors. I have not seen that. The city is still to this day uninhabitable, and they say it'll be that way for the next twenty four thousand years. What? Yeah, it was a big fucking thing in eighty six. I'm out. putting yeah. this in my phone. So it's, it's on. H- I actually just uh, subscribed to the HBO. Uh, oh, nice yeah. subscription. Yeah, there you go. So That's we, the world we're in now. Subscription, subscription, <laughs> subscription. Oh my god, dude! I'm like, I'm paying more for my. I'm paying more than I, I did when I was. Uh, yeah, I cut my cable, and I'm like, I really didn't see any savings on this because I I got all my subscriptions. Yeah, how do you spell it? I'm sorry. It's uh, that's good. Good question. C H C R. Keep going. N H O B Y L. Say that again. C H E R. C H E R. N O B Y L. Oh, you know, I just got a notification today. Yeah. Nice. So uh, to, to go see that, it's interesting. Yeah, so last week we had, the guest we had on, she was uh, absolutely nuts over the show. And okay. so neither Doug or I had seen it. And so after she came on, I went and watched it. And holy shit, you want to talk. Now you got to get past the fact that uh, the BBC, Sky is their, uh, their Comcast over there. Okay. So Sky did this. So it's all British actors. So okay. none of them have Russian accents. You just assume that they're talking Russian to each other. That's but, okay. I'm okay with yeah. that. Yeah, as long as the acting is good, I don't give a damn. But yeah. to your point... Holy shit on the acting. Like, again, mm. these Brits just were, they just brought it forward, and it is the most gut wrenching. Yeah. I mean, just to see what happens to these people. But that's the thing I kept thinking about. I'm like, this, this acting is flawless. Flawless. I truly believed I was watching like a documentary. It was yeah. just so, so believable. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you obviously, you're an actor as well. I am. How do you get. Spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> Spoiler. Musician How? and actor. Oh yes. my gosh. And now, podcaster. 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 Triple threat. threat. That's right. Bro. <laughs> I'm one of the bros now as well. You can add that on to my. <laughs> How I've briefly dabbled in acting meaning that i've taken a couple of classes and yeah. i did like a writing six sketch show at second city so barely and he kissed someone when he was i didn't kiss grade. them oh okay that part anyway um told the story a lot anyway i've always struggled with getting to the v- vulnerability state hmm. of that i need to to be believable is for lack of a yeah. better phrase i'm like i'm kind of there oh you want me to be angry i can play angry that's no problem but that's kind of one note right yeah. hey, i'm yelling at you i'm so mad at you sir <laughs> right i want a refund it's like <laughs> but to see like some of these situations where you see people hitting these emotional moments like what's you know, what's it like for you to try and get to those moments? And, and is it difficult? Is it easy for you? Like, what's your approach? Well, my first approach is really, if, if I'm given a script, it's like, what is this, what is the relationship in this in this scene? So, like, I've been taught in, in, in the acting world, it's like, there's all these different relationships that we have. We have the parent-teacher relationship. Uh, I'm sorry, we have the, the student-teacher. Mm-hmm. We have uh, the parent-child relationship. And then we have the lover relationship. We have the brother-and-sister relationship. So it's kind of like whoever, and if it's a monologue, it's like, well, what's the relationship that I have to myself? And then I just try to tap into what is it that I want to give as a performer to this scene? Because a lot of times actors think that they have to play like that character, but it's really about what you put into the scene. It's Mm. kind of like when Jamie Foxx played uh, Ray, Mm -hmm. you know, Ray Charles. I mean, clearly he was Ray Charles, but it was Jamie Foxx put his spin onto it, which made it even even a more interesting character. So to answer your question, how I prep is just really 
finding out what is the relationship in the scene, what am I saying, who am I talking to, and how am I affecting like each word like like I go through I'll go through a script and you're like okay so what does this word mean when I say that I love you mm-hmm. and where's the history behind that and then I try to tap into like okay a personal story that I've had or a personal experience that I've had and then I just execute so yeah. it's definitely a process and and everybody has their different processes yeah. and, and and whatnot but that's the way that I execute yeah I I've definitely I I, I can I can find certain things but I just can't get myself to go. All the way there. I guess it depends on what it is. When I did like the acting one at Second City, you do a monologue, and it was like it was a character that was built for me, so it was real easy. It was basically <laughs> about an asshole hick who was mad that this guy wouldn't. He was mad about his wife who was going to be playing poker with him, and he's mm. basically like, "Are you a man to let this woman come down and sit at this table? Are you a man?" He was just. Mm. Guys, I grew up with my whole life. Bunch gotcha. of assholes are like, oh, 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 who wears the pants in this family? Huh? I yeah. see how it is. Well, you can. Hear, I built this poker table with my hands, and you have her sit here. It was just like, I can do this all day. <laughs> just but someone from yeah. Missouri. <laughs> just someone from Missouri. Real easy. I'm just like, I know who this person is. But <clears throat> to give me something that I'm like, ooh, I don't know, like uh, the complexity, the nuance. Like I, in the next level, it was I was uh, a husband. It was playing a husband to a wife who was separated, um, but they got into such a, a raging argument by the end, they had sex because they were just like, you know, so mad the that they turned each passion, other, yeah. throws a passion. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what that's like. I have never had that kind of an argument. I've never had sex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's like. Yeah. Um, but it's like one of those things where I'm like, I've never had that crazy. I've never been in that situation where... I've cheated on my significant other. I'm not saying it's like, I got to do this for a role to know what it's like, you know. Honey, it's, I don't want to alarm you, but I'm going to be going out and having sex with someone else tonight. And purely I, for research. It's, but it's, let me ask you a question, though, yeah. what is interesting about life. Haven't you guys been on the CTA? And I know, <laughs> listen, I know yes. when I say this, you guys have done this. Have you been on the CTA and you've planned out how you're going to kick somebody's ass if yes. they come and try to get at you. Now, in your mind, 100%. I mean, you doing flips, the, 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 the <laughs> nunchucks are coming out, you're knocking like six dudes down, yeah. you know? So with acting, it's kind of the same way. Even if you yeah. never experienced it, we all have fantasies. We sure. all have different yeah. places that we go that our mind takes us. And yeah. that's, the, that's the thing about acting that I think is a beautiful art is that it's really recreating um, an emotion. Mm-hmm. I think that's also the thing yeah, that stunts really me cool. is um, I'm getting better, especially when <laughs> I was in, in acting, because one of the exercises we had to do with homework was feel a feeling this before the next class and really know that you're feeling it. Because I've had a problem with self-awareness in my emotions where I'm feeling something, but I have a hard time recognizing it and mm. being like, I'm mad right now, and here's why. Which kind of leads to some great relationship problems when you can't process your emotions. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten better, and that was a great thing because like it was something as simple as my cats like to do the scene from Empire Strikes Back with the ATATs <laughs> on Hoth, where they just go in and out of my legs, and I trip and I get so fucking pissed because I'm like, that's not the most efficient way to go. I'm on yeah. the left, you're on the right, just stay on the right. They're like, no, what's between your legs? And then I trip and I'm like, fuck. And so it happened, and I was so mad, and I was like, this is one of those moments. Feel it. Yeah. And right now, I'm feeling it right now. I'm like, whenever you need to get mad, just remember this moment. Right. Remember cats going in and out of your legs and how you kick them because they made a terrible decision. And I'm supposed to feel bad because I kicked them. I'm like, no, fuck you. You right. ran to my foot, basically. Right. I, was not, I did not intend. Don't look at me like you're scared. Yeah. Don't look at me like, ah. And I was like, no, you ran to my foot. 
So I'm like just taking those those moments and cataloging them. Yeah. And being like, what's it mean to be angry? Is that something that you like? Do you catalog? Like, do you like when, when something happens to you? Do you be like, remember that? Remember that specific instance, and then tap back into that. Um, as an actor, just in general. As an actor, well, not as an actor, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I do catalog that in a sense, but I try to like be in the moment because if me personally, if I catalog it because I have a slight case of perfectionism, um, but it, 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 it's a positive one. I just want to be great and do the right thing. Yeah. Um, I try not to do that because if I if if it's too premeditated, mm. then it just won't it won't come off as authentic. Sure. I have to like actually just feel the emotion. I think that'd be if you've got a good scene partner too. I'd have to assume that it helps to forget that you're acting and you're just like yeah. they help you go deeper into it and like they're eliciting that emotion from you and then yeah. you're doing the same for them and you get deeper into it. Then that's eliciting more from them and, yeah. and it's just this yeah. this constant push pull with a really good scene partner. I yeah. I've never had that because I've never really done acting per se, but uh, aside from like sketch acting, but like. Yeah. I have to assume that that would really, really like kind of help dive into that character. That's a huge thing, and I think that um, they said that about The Office. Yeah, they said that the reason why this show is just so hilariously like like funny, and it, that feels like it's a reality show. Yeah. yeah, is because they said everyone on the cast just jailed. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and so like when you have like you know like your your scene partner, and it feels like you're not acting. The 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 lines are just literally just lines, right? And you're just playing out a character, but it's kind of like fun. It's kind of like this, you know, playground. Yeah. And that's what The Office was, a complete playground. I mean, that's one of my favorite. It's sure. an amazing show. Oh, yeah. amazing. Top to bottom. From production I watch to it, acting. I, I watch yeah. it almost every night before I go that's to bed. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very similar to Parks and Rec. Okay. That's how that's, that's kind of my the office. Like I love the office, but like yeah. Parks and Rec is one of those where I'm just like, again, like I you see everyone on set, and you're like these guys just they get it. They yeah. all just kind of flow together, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I also read that for the Avengers movies, that that cast was also the same way. Like really? they were okay. truly like a team. Like yeah. ever since the first Avengers movie, these guys were just. They were synced up with awesome. each other, so yeah. they got to spend basically ten years, yeah, hanging out with each other, and they're just—I mean—they just had a blast. I'm like, and it shows because then it becomes things where you can improvise lines with each other, yeah, you know, because you can. Because I think that's so true, and I think that's something that you know when I rip on the prequels a lot with Star Wars, they mm. didn't have scene partners; they had a green screen, yeah. Mm. And it was like, all right, there's a droid over there with four <laughs> lightsabers. You're scared, yeah. And it's like, uh, it takes like, more skill. Yeah, yeah, right? Because right, yeah. you really, if you're just surrounded by that all the time, yeah. it was like there was the story of uh, Ian, uh, Ian McKellen on the set of The Hobbit. He, was, he broke down okay. crying because he's just surrounded by a green screen. He's basically like, what am I doing? Mm. He's what? this like grand Shakespearean actor, like from oh, you know, from wow. from England, and you know, and he's just sitting there as Gandalf. <laughs> I can imagine how he he feels. Yeah. You know, he's like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> like, and the director's like, okay, you're scared. He's like, yeah. of what? Yeah, no, there's nothing of here. Right. And that's why I got so excited about the Force Awakens when they were showing like this, you know, the pre-production stuff. I'm like, there's okay. actual sets. There's actual creatures. There's right. a- I'm like, cool. Wow. They went back to the practical. Something for an actor to look at and right. be like, yeah. got it. It doesn't have to be a fully created thing, but it's like, it's something for them. There's the same thing like with um, 
you know, the Hulk in the Avengers, right? right. Mm. They actually had someone they were like dressed up, like, you know, jumping on something they could grab onto so they yeah. could be like, ah, as opposed to, I'm fighting a big green guy. Yeah. Like, they actually give them something, and I never realized how important that was. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've had some scene partners where I was like, just give me, I'm not, a, I'm not an Oscar winner here, but give me something. <laughs> give me something. Give me something to react to yeah. um, because there's nothing that pisses me off more in improv, not that I'm a, an expert or anything, but when you watch people, someone will say a line, right? Uh-huh. And they're not in the moment. Someone will be something like, oh, my dog just died. And they're like, what's for dinner? And you're like, no, how would you, your dog just yeah. died. What's your being actual, yeah. <laughs> because they're thinking about what to say next. Yeah. And they're not living in that moment where they're like, the dog died. And they're like, yeah. Bugsy? <laughs> you know? like Bugsy? Have you ever done improv? Um, I've done it in classes, but honestly, that's something that I want to take to the next level. I want really? to um, experience and yeah, explore. You want to join our troop? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. No, I'm I, I, for you. Pass the first test. He said yes, yeah. yes, and like I'm, I'm such an open guy. Like I, I just want to. I, I like to be uncomfortable so I can grow. Hell yeah, yeah. you know. Um, Good for but, you. Um, I audition a lot and sometimes that shit is like improv because they give you these one lines and yeah. like the casting directors never want you just to do the line they like you'll come in there and they're like okay so this is the same but this is what's really going on and then you kind of have to improv interesting okay but give, I, I, give me your worst experience with that yeah I <laughs> or most it. memorable how about that give me your most memorable experience I'm trying that. to think dude this, there's been so many I'm trying to like <laughs> Pinpoint which one? Hmm. And take your time thinking. I, I interned at a, a casting agency for a while. <laughs> oh, that's right. Like yeah. Some of the some of the people who came in, like you could tell the ones who who had prepped. You could tell the ones who had never done this before. You mm-hmm. could, and there was just, I mean, it is being on the the casters, the casting person's side is almost equally as nerve wracking. I've as heard, that. heard. I've being heard that on too. That side where you're just like, because you just want them to win. You're like, come on, man, just pull it out. You got yeah. this. You got this. And then you just. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is so awkward. I think I now remember. All right. Got it. This actually recently happened about a month ago. So this this was a Cox commercial, Cox Communications. Okay. And uh, the whole idea was that my wife, um, she, I was treating her as, as if she was British royalty or, 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 or like royalty. Mm-hmm. But there was one line. It was like, babe, you got this. But my... <laughs> My partner at the time, she was just doing, she was so over the top <laughs> that like, it like she went off camera and the cast director was like, no. And she was like, and she just kept going with the, with the scene. And, and honestly, it was awkward because I mean, it isn't, I mean, anybody can do a, a, a British, you know, yeah. you know, accent, but it was, it, it was that awkward. Anybody can, even this guy. <laughs> you never, you never heard never me do it. Let me hear. Come on, come no, on. dude, don't do this to me. Hello! <laughs> that's literally, that's literally. You can do it, babe. That's literally his best effort. <laughs> it was so funny, my headphone port popped right the hell off. <laughs> So what? So she would go off. So what? How did like? What did you do? How did you handle that? <sighs> to be honest with you, in some in some scenarios, like you, you can and you can't. Right. I, I, I was just fed up because I had already done one uh, situation with another actor that went well, and I was like, well, they saw my they saw my acting. They on know this what one. I can do. Yeah. 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 At this point, like she's just like circling the drain. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know. But I think I think what I did, I was just like, you know, honey, you know, we got this. We're gonna make this thing together. And she was like, well, I don't want to make it. I don't want to make it better. And the Why? whole idea was for her to no. wusa. Right. And she was like fighting me the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> she basically said no. She said no yeah. to you. She's like, we're gonna we can do this. She's like, no. There's this I, thing. Uh, there's this thing in acting, which you probably know, is where. You take a risk, and uh-huh. I think that was her way of like taking a fucking risk. Yeah, that's a risk, but you're saying no to your scene partner. Like that's not yeah. a risk. That's right. you know, I don't know the situation, but that's that makes me feel angry. Yeah, and it's supposed right to be a, it's supposed to be a romantic commercial, so right. the cast and director's not looking for you to say no. Right. She was just doing too much, man. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing is, and that's a challenge. She, this is her Oscar. I moment. think she was nervous. Uh, was she? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And I those are the things where like people like you can really shine because. Even though you're like, I don't agree with this, you just roll with it and you support the hell out of them no matter what. And yeah. they're like, well, that was a train wreck, but he stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. So that means Boom. he's because yeah. one of uh, the uh, directors at Second City who I had for conservatory, he told me about how when he aud- auditioned for main stage, that's how he got the audition. The mm. person he was auditioning with was bonkers. Wow. Yeah. Like he went up as a scene partner and all he did was just be like, yes. And he just supported the shit out of him. He's mm. like, no matter what we're doing, I don't agree with this, but I'm doing it all the way. And they're like, he's a good scene partner. Yeah. That's the guy that we want. Just had epiphany. I mean, doesn't, isn't that how like um, relationships work sometimes? Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about that. Like, wow. When you just like, you just surrender and just let them win. Then you kind of it kind of uh, makes you it, it controls the way that you react, right? And it's so hard to do in the moment. That's the thing. Like mm. you've got to really have like a mastery of your emotional of your intelligence. Emotion. Yeah, yeah exactly. you do. Because I mean, when you're in the when you're in the throes of that argument, <sighs> like it's so hard to just be like, you know what? You're right. It is it, like okay, especially when you live with the person. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I I read a piece of advice on a humor website years ago that said as part of maintaining a relationship, it said always apologize even if you're right. And I was like, that's bullshit. And I was like, later on, I'm like, nope, it's yeah. not because what you're doing is you're mending that. You're trying to extend an olive branch. Right. I'm sorry. It's not saying I'm sorry you're wrong. It's saying I'm sorry we had that disagreement. Yeah. Right. And I want to make it right. And um, I just recently actually had that with my wife where uh, my sink kitchen, I, I, I have a house and now shit goes wrong and I have to try and fix it and I don't fix anything. I'm not good at it. Yeah. And my sink's just linking and I'm just staring at the pipes under the sink going like, I don't even know how this fucking works. <laughs> this is a U-shape, this one's straight. I don't know what's leaking out of here. I'll just push this up and it just keeps leaking. Yeah. And at one point I'm like, there's got to be something wrong with this U-shape thing. So I take it out. I'm like dumping it out and I'm, I'm inspecting it as if I'm going to figure something out and I mm. forgot I had the dishwasher on. Oh. So what happens? Dun, 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 dun. Dishwasher needs to expel and just <laughs> water's pouring out all over oh, the bottom of the sink. I'm like, my oh my God, I don't know what to do. And my wife just comes in and opens up the dishwasher to stop it. <laughs> and I was like, logic. And I was just so mad because like we had done so much in the house already. I'm like, this is just what I need. It's a yeah. goddamn yeah. pipe problem. And then... She's like, she's just trying to be helpful and trying to figure out what's going on. I was like, I don't know how to fix this. She's like, well, look, do you want to put something underneath there? Because it looks like it's leaking. I'm like, it's only leaking when the water's running. She goes, well, I've been here for 30 seconds and I've watched it drip a couple of times. I go, will you just have my back? And she looked at me and she goes, I'm going to walk away now. Yeah. And she did. And I was like, God damn it. Yep. 
Because <laughs> yep. because I realized I realized how much of a dick I was being. Yeah. Because I was like, why am I yelling? I'm yelling. I'm mad at the situation. Right. I just for whatever reason it put me over the edge. And I sat there for ten minutes just staring at this thing leak. I put you know the what, thing under there, and then I went in and I apologized to her. I was like, you. I'm really sorry. I go, that wasn't cool. You didn't deserve that. She goes, I'm really surprised at how quickly you came around for that. She goes, usually it takes about 24 hours. I was mm-hmm. like, I was a dick, and I'm sorry. I'm growing, Joe. No, that's awesome. I, I'm reading this book uh, called Nonviolent Communication. It's by Marshall Rosenberg. All right. And um, I'm also reading another book, and we can talk about that a, a little later. But the big thing that I've learned about is criticism mm. and how – this is when you know you're criticizing someone is when you're observing them and you're evaluating them at the same time. Interesting. And so when you observe things but you don't evaluate, you're just observing and you're just opening up the, the possibilities of things that could possibly change with the person. But for an example, if you walk in the room and you're like, I see that those clothes are too tight. You look kind of fat. Ah, yeah. You know, Criticism. It's criticism. But if it's like, hey, um, you have another shirt? I think, I, I think there's... I think you look great, but I think I think another shirt would look better on you. You know, I, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot about nonviolent communication because I just recently I like got out of a relationship. And when you get out of a relationship, at least for some people, for me, I'm very like, I'm trying to, you know, because men we like we try to fix things, and yeah. I try to like fix like what the things that I've c- contributed to the relationship. And the big thing was the way I was communicating. Like it was the same way. Like not really knowing how to manage my emotions. And having a, a compulsive behavior, you know, and the compulsive behavior is really acting out. Like when you get too steamed up, you yeah. don't know how to like control it. Mm-hmm. And it's really not your fault. It's just like how we were either raised or how it's just, you know, maybe we have all this built up tension. Yeah. But a lot of it is is really about um, just how you communicate, man. I know it sounds so simple, but it's that like so nonviolent communication is a, is, is a big thing. Man. Some of the simplest concepts, though, are the hardest to put into practice, yeah. I have found. Like, it's going to be like, it's such a simple concept, but damn it, it's hard to actually like adhere yeah. to this and actually really like stick with it. It takes work. I know. It yeah. absolutely does. And I think that's something that I always fall into is the fixing thing. Yeah. It's like, I'm always like, if my wife says something, it's just something, there's a problem or something, or she's like, oh, I'm feeling this, or oh, this was hard at work, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, let's, let's bust <laughs> out that toolbox. Let's fix it. Like, yeah. What can we do? Well, maybe you should try that. And that's uh-huh. absolutely not what needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. that, that just immediately starts mounting the tension, and you know a fight's coming not too long after that. Nothing to do yeah. about us, but it's just this tension that I inadvertently had caused because I'm like, instead of just listening, Mm. You know, instead of uh, instead of uh, like the critical observation, yes. you know, yeah. it, I, I'm just, you know, immediately jumping in and being like, oh, wrong. Let's do this. And I think that's like how this society it, it's a societal norm. Like we have been kind of raised as men to fix things. And like if you don't know how to fix things then it, it kind of plays on like, well, are you really masculine? Sure. I don't know how to fix my sink. I feel like shit. You, you know? know, I'm like, but I bet you your yeah. wife was just like, hey, I, hey, babe, I just want us just to figure this out. Together, but in your mind, you're probably like, you know, I I, I I need to fix this because if I don't fix this, then you know, and I I'll feel like a failure or or like, oh man, I'm a man, I'm supposed to know how to do that. But the truth is that that means nothing. Mm-hmm. That just says nothing to your uh, your manhood, mm-hmm. you know. And that's uh, that's a lot of things that I'm I'm learning about right now. That's really cool. I think so. you guys both touched on this. I love this topic. This is one of my favorite topics, which is feedback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is I'm a. a a corporate trainer and instructional designer. So nice. a lot of things I've taught about are feedback and emotional intelligence, all that sort of stuff. And you touched on something which was uh, the 
um, the communication style, which yeah. is the fixing thing. Mm. And you touched on the idea of uh, nonviolent communication, which I love because the first example you said was um, that shirt's too tight. You look fat. Uh, you are basically it, by that example, you are attacking that person personally. Yeah. You're saying you look fat. Right. As opposed to even if you were saying that shirt looks too small on you, mm. you are stating the observed behavior, which is you aren't fat. It's the shirt is too small. <laughs> yes. So by focusing on those little things and basically stating the observed behavior, like yes. you said, like I saw like, you know, we'll use this example like uh, Justin, uh, you were five minutes late to work today. Uh, when you I was 15 minutes late. <laughs> oh, thank you for your candor. Um, <laughs> thank you for your honesty. You were, you were five minutes late today. Um, when you're late, uh, that puts extra pressure on the team because they have to cover Boom. your work while you're not there. Moving forward, I would like you to be here at your regular scheduled time, Yes. which can then lead into, I've seen this as kind of a pattern. What's going on? I don't like working here. Which looks <laughs> great. Uh, there's the door. Um, <laughs> which can lead into a coaching conversation and go wow, from there. Yeah. And so by following that formula, it's le- it takes it strips away the emotion. Yeah. It strips away the personal attack, and you're focusing on the action <clears throat> yeah. more so than the person. Yes. Because when you're like, why are you always late? Boom. That's completely different, right? right. Or it's like, you don't seem like you want to be here. That's making an assumption about somebody, too. It's like, oh, how could – or you're always late. That's an absolute. I can't always know if you're always late. Like that's just, yeah. and that's just making an assumption about you too that you are always late. And right. It's all these things that just exactly how you say it is going to completely change the outcome of that, it, or at least helps mitigate the yeah. emotions and that sort of stuff. And it's hard to do mm. sometimes, but like you said too, is this isn't profound stuff. We didn't just unlock this book of knowledge that we're like, what? Yeah. Feedback. Right. Yeah. But by studying it and being aware of it, exactly, it's just being like, oh, like the idea that we can't communicate the same to every single person. How I communicate to Justin, I shouldn't try to communicate to you the same way because you may not have the same personality yeah. style. Right. Exactly. Justin may prefer something that's very direct. You may be like, ah, I don't like it direct. I need, maybe need it a little more softened or maybe Justin's like, you got to feed into his like energy and you're like, look, leave your emotions out of this. Just give me the facts. Yeah. And by understanding that I can have a better communication <laughs> style with you as opposed to if I take the same approach, it may work for him, but it may piss you off. Yeah. And for some reason I'm like, I'm treating everyone the same. Yeah. It's like, but it doesn't work for everybody. Right. Yeah. And I think the neutral, the neutral a- aspect is to observe and not a- evaluate. And that, that's a big thing that I've learned. And, to be, to be frank, I hope I'm not taking this conversation to uh, a dark place, but let's do it. Um, a big thing for me, the re- I think a lot of us have uh, childhood traumas. Mm-hmm. It may not necessarily be um, intense, but mine was specifically sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this was my first time in my past in my past relationship. It was my first time living with the woman for the first time. And um, when you get into a relationship, it's kind of like a mirror to yourself. Because mm-hmm. for me, I had lived by myself for ten years, Ooh. and um, by myself, but. I didn't realize how much my childhood trauma was activating and triggering things that I had no idea. Sure. And that was kind of moving. Interesting. Uh, that was moving the way that I was reacting. It wasn't necessarily how much I was like coming home and being brash. It was the way that I react to things. And then I learned this. Um, I'm reading this book right now. Actually, I just finished it. It's called Beyond Betrayal. Um, and they always the, the book presses on there's three images of a man. The man you want to be, the man you are, and the the man that the world expects you to be. 
And when those are in conflict, you will always have mm. some type of issue in any relationship. And the exercises that I'm doing now is writing down the man that I am or the man that I want to be and the man the world I expect to be and seeing how those correlate and just really, and being and having more awareness of how I am and knowing where I move and how I and, and my story. And that play the that plays a big part because when you get into relationships and you don't know who you are, it just moves things all over the place. Yeah. And you could be yelling at somebody that has nothing to do about them. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nothing. It makes that And they so, don't know. Yeah. And it makes it so hard to be present in that relationship. It's just it's poison for the relationship. Yeah. yeah. That takes an, an extra level of really like looking inward to, to to do that exercise, to write down the man you are, the man you want to be, and the man the world expects you to be. Yeah. That is I a whole different level of like introspection and like oh, really yeah. like discovering yourself. I'm sure you're unlocking things about yourself that you never <laughs> I love that reaction yeah. like dude you'd have you no idea at I I am 31 I feel the most freeze I I feel a certain kind of freedom I've never felt in my entire that's life amazing. right now it's because I you're mean, 30 and you let your 20s go. that's usually what ha- that's what happened to me I was like fuck my 20s move on to the 30s and I haven't been I've been happier since <laughs> but seriously that's hilarious yeah. but yeah. no but like I think that um Life is really about managing the odds. I've learned that from my mentor. Mm. And when you get to know yourself, that self-love element, no one can really change your mood. Mm. If you see someone who's mad all the time, it's literally because they don't know that they don't know themselves and they're not aware of their well-being. It's you just know? Like a and their awareness frustration that they're living with, which it manifests in anger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is that's probably one of the hardest people to be around. I, I often used to make this, you know, thing when I taught customer service. I go, Who here has ever worked with someone who's just uh basically a, a, a Debbie Downer? And everyone raises their hand, I go, What's that like? And they're like, It's exhausting. Because they're like a dementor from Harry Potter. They just suck all the positive yeah. things out of you yeah. all the time because they're choosing to be that way. Yeah. And you're like, hey, man, how's it going? Fine. And you're like, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you're feeling that, and you're like, geez, like, I don't even know. Like, or you'll approach someone, and they'll, they'll just dump all of this like, shit into your space. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, hey, how's it going? Did you have a good week? Are weekend? you talking about me just now? What I just <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not even close. What? I'm no. Uh, Way no, to go, I'm Justin. <laughs> Way to go. No, but I'm talking like you go up to someone at work. Like yeah. I've got someone at work like this who you just you walk up and you're just like, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, well, let me tell you. And then you walk away, you're like, I feel depressed. Yeah. Like, well, I, had yeah. a, I had a good weekend, but it's because they just unloaded this emotional baggage on you. And now yes. you, you, there's a part of you that carries that around. And uh-huh. it's hard to just drop that, you know? And yeah. so then you run into someone else. And then throughout the day, you just collect all this emotional baggage from everyone, little bit by little bit by little bit. But it starts to affect your mood. And now you're dumping that on other people. Like, and it's just this cyclical thing that just never stops. I agree. So it's, it, it's a big way. It's something that I've been working on is trying to. When someone's doing that, being like, great. Like, putting up, like, a little, like, wall and be like, great. Yeah. I'll see you later. You know, and, and, like, being very cognizant of, like, I'm not taking whatever you're trying to put on, whatever trying, you're trying to get rid of right now because it's uncomfortable for you. Yeah. I'm not going to take that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to, I need to maintain this positive attitude. Yeah. Because I can't go through the day with whatever you're in. You know? Yeah, and I think we're. I think also too in those situations, we're always trying to protect ourselves. Yeah, yes. it's always like this protection. Like, well, if they if they say this to me, I have to say something so they know that not to do this again. But a lot of times with certain people, if they're not narcissistic, if <laughs> yeah, because narc- yeah, narcissism is a whole, <laughs> That's a whole level. different oh, no. thing. <laughs> if they're not narcissistic, the best way is just to show them love. Right. And I know that's so cliche, 
But dealing with the right person who who's willing to change, um, the more you show love and you show your kindness, then it then they will develop that. Yeah, in a sense. So you, you had a key phrase in there, which is someone who's willing to change. Yeah. it's the same thing with feedback. You can provide feedback to someone all day, but unless they take that feedback and right. do something with it, yep. it doesn't matter. I can I've seen that in the workplace all the time, where it's like, hey, I'm going to give you some feedback, and people are like, okay, yeah, and it's like. Uh, you're not doing anything, you know, uh, you're still having, I'm giving you the same feedback again. And that's when people are choosing to not act on that. Not to say that my, my feedback's always the best, but it's just like, Hey, look in this situation, if we need to continue, like this is what we need to do. And people have to have the willingness to do that. Cause if they don't, it's a losing battle. You can give your love to them all day long, but if they're not willing to change, they'll just soak it up and spit it right back out. And it's a, it's a horrible, horrible cycle. Yeah. And and then you kind of got to allow them to live their life because you can love someone for so much, but at, at, at at some point it's like you're losing yourself. Yeah. And that's what happens sometimes in relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes we lose We shouldn't, Mm -hmm. but we lose a, a part of our, our singleness. And really when we were created, we were created as singles not as like we weren't born with a married, you know, like you know, like not like <laughs> Siamese twins. You know? yeah. We were born as singles, and, and this is something I just learned. Um, I'm a Christian, and uh, I just learned this from my pastor uh, Todd. Is that there's a there's some be- there's a beautifulness about being single because that's how you learn how to love yourself, so you can give because you can't give what you don't have, and that's the mm-hmm. issue with relationships. You get sure. into relationships, and you 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 you, tr- you think you have something to give, and you don't. Right. You know. That's a great lesson to come out, come yeah. away with. Yeah. yeah, And for me, too, it's like part of that, which I think there's something beautiful about that. But there's also something very beautiful about having a close group of people, whether it's a significant other or friends who will challenge you. Yes. Because I know Whew. I have people in my life who don't have people that challenge them. And, I, and they don't grow because of it. Yes. Because either they are overpowering to other people so people just are like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak to this, sure. this other person or they just they're not around people enough that can intellectually emotionally like challenge them and that's what I love about my wife is I've, I give her so much credit I'm like you've made me a better person right. that's awesome in a lot of ways I was pretty gross uh, when I'm, still, I'm still fairness, pretty, still pretty I'm still pretty gross. You're still barbarian. I am. I'm still a savage. <laughs> but she's helped me a lot of ways, and she's helped you know the lot of situations where I, she could have easily just not said something, but instead she's like, "No, that's not cool." And here's why: yeah. this is how you made me feel. And I'm inside, I'm like, "But you're wrong." But then I was like, "But I still shouldn't have treated you like I still should have shouted at you." Right. As you were like, yeah. I see the the sink is leaking. I'm like, "Fuck you!" It's like, <laughs> no, you you don't get to talk to me that way. I'm like, "You're right. right. My, yeah. it was my bad." I, I wanted you to back me up, but you didn't have to back me up. And that right. wasn't your, you didn't need to do that. And I just, that's all I wanted in that moment. But I didn't say that to you. I tried to, but I was like, well, you just trust me. Yeah. Like, that's not how you get someone to back you up. Yeah. And just having someone just consistently challenge you to be better. And even when it hurts, yeah. right? yeah. even when it was like, dude, you're being real shitty right now. I need you to step it up. It's like, ah. And they do it without criticism. because yes. Because... I agree with you. You can have someone who's like, stop, like, stop doing this. But if you do that, then like, if we feel like we're being criticized or or we feel like an insult, then people don't hear your intended message. Yes. So Absolutely. someone comes in is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> the first thing you're thinking, like, hold on, yeah. don't talk to me like that. I know that the clothes are on the on 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 the floor, but you don't have to talk. Like it's the first thing you think you about. Shut down. You don't yeah. think about this. The, the damn clothes have been there for two or three. You don't think about that. Right. You yeah. don't think about your uh, contribution to it. You just think about 
the way that they communicate it and the insult mm-hmm. right and the criticism right. the or evaluation it turns, it turns into yeah well you have this this the 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 sink is right. full of your dishes it's like we're not talking about the dishes we're talking about the clothes <laughs> but it, it turns becomes, into a tit for tat where it's like yeah. that doesn't matter and that's something with my wife and I where we both realize that like we're good at different things like I'm really good about making sure the dishes are put away yeah. and cleaned and taken care of like that's like my jam. There's other things like there'll be clutter and it'll be drive my wife crazy. And she's like, does this bother you? I'm like, no, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> There's all this stuff on the counter. I'm like, whatever, yeah. I'll just work around yeah. it. She's like, no, 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 this has to be. Yeah. And we realize like we have a good push and pull like with. That's awesome. What's something that she hates? Like none of us like cleaning out the litter box <laughs> for the cats. But be- when she got pregnant, she wasn't allowed to do it because of, I don't know, parasites or whatever. Okay. Nice. But and now I've just stuck doing it. But mm-hmm. the thing is, I will do that. But then she does other things. Like she takes care of my daughter's laundry most nine times out of ten. Right. She's doing that. But nine times out of ten, I'm cooking. So it's like there's a lot of push and pull. And we realize that in the moment, I may not clean up that clutter. Or she may not have emptied out the, the dishwasher. But she's doing other things. And right. I don't hyper-focus on that one thing. I take a breath. I'm like, you know what, though? She did Natalie's laundry over the weekend, and I didn't do that. If you've got yeah. someone who can make you realize all that, like I feel like that's you know you got yourself into a good position because I agree. like you're now you're it's like what she's doing is actually forcing you to kind of be aware of mm-hmm. like oh I don't mind because of this and it's very it puts you in a very self aware place yes. in a very self aware position yes. yeah yeah um, as we're we're kind of nearing the end here so I'm gonna uh, I don't I I could go on to this conversation <laughs> yeah we could talk for all day I'm loving hours. this right. Um, I'm going to pull it back into more of a, uh, a, a fun, silly realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that we wanted to ask you yeah. um, is, uh, as you're an actor and you're a musician, uh-huh. so if you could choose anyone <laughs> to, uh, to do a, a collaboration with music-wise, mm-hmm. they called you up and they're like, hey, yeah. we need you to come on tour with us. And you'd be like, absolutely, I'm dropping everything. All of the responsibilities go out the window. Yeah. I'm going on tour with you. And... Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do a track together. Who would it be? Janelle Monet. Really? I had that locked and loaded. He's like, guys, I, yeah. she, give me something tougher. She's amazing, first she off. She yeah. is my favorite artist of today because she came onto the scene being completely unconventional. She has a message. She's true to her story. And, like, I actually talk about the crying and emotional when you yeah. listen to yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. Her, her Arch Android album, <clears throat> I Get So Emotional, uh, Electric Lady. Um, I even like her her last uh, release, but Janelle Monae to me is a true artist because she, like I said, is not only unconventional, but she doesn't she she doesn't try to w- ride waves. She she creates the wave, Ooh, and I'm so nice. proud Ooh, of her. I like that. I'm so proud of her because she was signed to Bad Boy Records, and we all know artists who sign to Bad Boy Records they usually either conform to the pop, you know, uh, in- industrial type of you know stigma. Or you don't see him anymore. And yeah. she's been able to stay. She's gotten um, a deal with CoverGirl. She was on Hidden Figures. Yeah. She came out with a music film. I think, me personally, she is by far the most interesting artist I've seen in my lifetime. That is high for, praise. For our generation. Yeah. You know, that's beautiful. Personally, um, Janelle Monet. I mean, I have so many other artists, but she's the first <laughs> oh, of course. one. Yeah, I would drop yeah. anything to do. I would go on tour for free. You're like, wow. please let me be there. Yeah. That's a That's really high praise, too, man. You yeah, really. Yeah, I rock with her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So now, as an actor, mm-hmm. someone's like, we need you. We need you to. Uh, I need you to come in and I need oh, you to sorry. collaborate on. A, on a script, the whole the whole mm. the whole process. They're like, I want you from start to finish, mm. and we're going to be in the film together. 
Wow. Who are you collaborating with? Oh, I have so many. <laughs> but I'll just go. Okay. Can I say two? Of course. And I have to say this because this is my favorite movie. Okay. <laughs> but Requiem for a Dream is my favorite movie. Okay. Really? All right. I love I love psychological thrillers. Sure. Yeah. And it have to be Jared Leto. Okay. Or Marlon Wayans. Okay. Only because they are freakishly talented okay mm-hmm. like have you guys seen marlon wayne stand up on, on netflix i have is not it, new? yeah it, uh it's about a year old it's called okay. oh. it's called wokish no okay. i've never heard but I, the way I didn't even realize the way that his brain works it just like I, I just like i like i like people where their brains are just like tuned a little differently sure yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah um that's jared leto that's for sure <laughs> okay i get yeah, <laughs> yeah. He has a story, but uh, okay. <laughs> they all have stories. So I'm gonna I'm gonna create just one person, and it's three people: uh, Jared Leto, Jim Carrey, and Marlon Wayans. Whoa, that is yeah. a Jim that Carrey is an interesting for field. Yeah, it's interesting. Current what? Jim Carrey or or younger Jim Carrey? Ooh, because that's those younger. Are two two yeah, different younger. people. Yeah, yeah. I would say younger. Current Jim Carrey, I'm a little concerned about. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I just like you can. This is a bit. This is all a bit. This is a long con. Yeah. But younger so Jim what Carrey. About younger Jim Carrey. Does he fit the mold of like uh, thinking his brain thinking a little differently, or what? Like, or is it just flat out funny? Or like, what? What about him? What, just, what gets him added to the list? Because he he takes risk. Okay. Like, have you guys seen the documentary with uh, Andy, Andy Kaufman? Kaufman? <laughs> right. That <laughs> is insane. Insanity. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now. He's definitely bipolar. We know he's bipolar, sure. like clinically diagnosed. I don't know how he would be like in a, as a friend, but as an actor, I, as I would love to just learn for how he does his method acting. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he's a very interesting person. I, I always find people who have those type of like it is somewhat of a cognitive distortion. I just like to know where they come from artistically. It's just yeah. something to learn from. Am I am I weird for having those three? No, no not at all. Those are all, those are great yeah. answers. So music yeah. and acting, all great answers. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I have a quick question for you. So you mentioned that you know uh, uh, Janelle Monae calls and says, "I want you to come on tour." You're like, "I'll do it for free." Leads you to a quick question here. Yeah. How do you feel about people being like, "Hey, Taylor, I've got this party, mm-hmm. two thousand people. All mm-hmm. right, I want you to perform." Yeah. It'll be great exposure, but we're not going to pay you. How do you feel about that? So it really depends on the event. Mm-hmm. For an example, if it's a charity event, sure, and I'll do it for like, okay, I'll do a 30-minute set. I can't do two hours. Yeah. Unless it's for my, spe- my, my specific calling, which is for male survivors of sexual abuse. Now, I, I, I will definitely give sure. my time for that. But... Um, Let's say it's like a New Year's Eve party. No, for the industry. No. But there's gonna be industry people there, Taylor. They're gonna. Like, it's, it's I hate rocking New Year's Eve. I know that he it, just punched yeah. this table. That was my Thor. No, 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 no. I love it. That's amazing. No, but like honestly, I cannot stand when people say, "Well, there's industry people." What does that mean? There's no guarantee. There's no promise. Right. I mean, the only promise is if you go up there and you completely nail it, but then there's still a relationship that needs to be built. Absolutely. Like, I no longer I no longer am subscribing to coming to a party because it's industry people. And, yep. and maybe it's because, like, I booked stuff and, I'm, I, you know, I have my circle, but it's like I don't have any interest. Like, it's, it's either I'm going because it's going to be a great event and maybe there's somebody I want to connect with, but I'm not going off the sole purpose because there's somebody that I can get something from. Right. I hate that shit. Well, isn't that gross? We talked about that in a, in a previous episode, which is that that theory of empty networking, where it's just it's just 
there's nothing there and you know it feels you're like this isn't a real connection I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm forced to talk to you because what you can maybe better my career and what am I going to give you in return like, it's, it's like just, it Justin we're at a party and Justin's like oh my god it's Taylor dude dude you gotta go talk to Taylor go talk to Taylor go <laughs> and Doug's like go. why he's like yeah I talked to Taylor it's like why go talk to him and I go up and I'm like hi Taylor <laughs> I'm Doug I hear you're really important and I'm supposed to meet you and see, Put her there. <laughs> and see, I'm the type of guy. I would, ha- I would have the conversation. I would literally sit there and listen to everything you have to say. But like, sure. I just, I know it has to be uncomfortable for the other person, right? Absolutely. You know yes. who who doesn't like who doesn't know me. And honestly, I think that we might be hitting on something. Like, I think, I think that there needs to be more um, focused events. Like, if there's going to be industry people, how can we create? Um, I don't want to say icebreaker, but how can we create a, a more of a communal interaction versus going up and just like randomly having to go walk up to people, introduce yourself? Because you're already in the situation of like, I'm trying to get something from you. Right. It's not genuine. You know, it's not genuine. It's not sincere at all. And that's the thing is like there's been too many success stories of this guy walked up and handed them his mixtape. And they listen to it and they're like, sign him. And people are like, I've got to do that. Because to a certain extent, yeah, you control your destiny. You've got to be bold, right? You've got to make yeah. bold choices. But at the same time, you're kind of an asshole. You know, if you come up and I'm like, hey, hey, I'm Doug. You've got to listen. I'm a huge fan of you. I need you to listen to my stuff. Right. I, I can't. That's just not my personality. So I can't do that. I'm gross. I'm probably the worst at selling <laughs> Like my brand or whatever you want to call it, I'm just like I'm here. Find me if you want. Like yes. the worst showbiz mentality of all time. And it's really about just create. Like honestly, it's, it's it's as simple as this. If you do go to a party and there's some industry of in um, people there, hey, I, I know your X Y Z. I would love to get to you know you know get to know you and build a relationship. Here's there my card. Yes, let's yeah. go get some coffee yes. and then build from there. Yeah. Don't try to do all the small talk. And so what do you do? What do I do? Okay, you know I got this. You know I got this. Right. It's just too much gassing up. Right. I'm like, I don't subscribe to none of that. And people might not have an hour, hour and a half or so, but like, I feel like if like in this format here, like we've had people come in and I feel like I've gotten to know and network with them. Yeah. And like, they're people that I would have been like, if I do a project, I'm like, you know what? We had this person on, we really jived on the podcast. I'm going to give them a call because like we, we had that rapport. Yeah. And so just having a conversation with someone, like you said, go out for a cup of coffee, Yeah. go out for, you know, and have a beer and really just talk, you know, yeah. like you can, you, there's so much more there. Like just give that card and go, look at some point, let's get together. Let's just hang out. Yeah. You know, like I, there, that, that is so much more of a natural fostering of a relationship yeah. than just that 30 second, like the small talk thing. Yeah. And I think the, the people who, um, who don't come for money and have been successful, I think that they may have that type of technique is just being a genuine person. Right, I think this world yeah. makes us feel like we have to put on, we have to do this, we have to do that. I've experienced that mm-hmm. as an artist, and I kind of scaled it back because it's like I, I, I thought to one, I thought to myself, "It's like, what am I doing? If I'm trying to be this, if I'm trying to be that, then I'm not being myself. I'm trying to be what you want me to be." Yeah, and that goes back to the conflict of the yes. three images of a man. That's yeah. what I was gonna say exactly so, because you're you're doing what you think you're supposed to do yeah. as opposed to. Who are you? Exactly. And that's at this stage in my life, like I don't have time to be something else that someone wants me to be like, this is who I am. Like if you don't like it, okay, we'll do something else. But I'm yeah. just I'm not gonna go up because it's so gross. <laughs> it's so gross to be and we talked about that in the episode. Yeah. Like networking can be super gross sometimes. Like, yeah. Hello, how are you? It's like, no, I don't I don't 
there's a Ugh. there's an event in Chicago, and it's the worst networking event <laughs> you could possibly think about going to. Because typically, when people go, have you heard of this place? I think I know what you're talking about. Like people, when people go there, like they'll meet each other, but one person always ends up dying. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh I think shit! It's, I think it's the throwdown. Did you see his face? <laughs> he's like, holy shit. Oh, Where like do a I segment get? In there. <laughs> he's like, wait. I was like, whoa. How do I get tickets? Because <laughs> I, I want to go. What are you saying? <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like a horror movie that I would love to watch. <laughs> Rule number one. <laughs> when does pre-sale happen? Rule number one, we don't talk about it. Rule number two, we don't talk about it. <laughs> I would love to watch that kind of movie. I love movies like that. <laughs> so today's throwdown. Oh, boy. Da-da-da-dum. Uh... My, uh, we did want to ask you who you would go on tour with and everything and who yeah. you would drop things for, but uh, my <laughs> reasoning for asking you was twofold. I wanted to, f- I wanted to get a good personal throwdown for you. <laughs> get it, let's get it dirty. So, in today's throwdown, we are going to put Marlon Wayans against Jared Leto. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. I was oh, if you were going to say another female, uh, like a film star, or filmmaker, I would it would have been Janelle Monae versus this person. Versus, okay, got you. We got to go Marlon Wayans versus Jared Leto. Okay, you know what? We could do a three way throw and throw no. Young Jim Carrey in there. too. I don't like three ways because that's uh, I don't know. I think it's it's, it's distracting. It's just, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Just Marlon Wayans versus Jared Leto. So how does this work? So all right, so these two we uh, set tee us up. Where where are okay. they going to be meeting? So, so Doug will give us a situation. This is hilarious, man. So uh, they're for, for whatever reason they have to audition for a role. All okay. right, so they get a call. <laughs> Even though these guys are, they don't need auditions. Yes. In this world, they do. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is the best role of your life, and you guys have to audition. It's just the two of them waiting to go into the room, and they're just kind of looking at each other. They're sizing each other up, and they're like. You know, looking at each other, kind of talking shit a little bit about their careers. Like, I haven't seen you since Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> what have you been doing? Well, what the fuck have you been doing? I heard you just send used condoms to people on the set of Suicide Squad, you weirdo. And, like, it's just, like, oh, insects, <laughs> you know, insults just start flying and stuff like that. And they just stand up, and they're just ready to go. They're ready to go at each other's throats. So they're in, they're in the waiting area of the casting, uh, casting okay. center. They both really want this part. They've both been insulting each other. Yeah. Begin. So, so now we have to debate... Who would who what, will win? What, what would what does this fight look like, and who comes out the victor? Wow. Okay. So with Jared Leto, if you've seen his documentary on Netflix, it's called oh, "Slip My Damn My Artifact." Okay. Okay. He Jared Leto seems to have like mind games, like uh, Professor X. Oh boy. Oh. Okay. And but Marlon Wayans has the energy of fucking Hulk. See, that's where Does this is. It? And that dude, like, can, can, like, have you seen some of his, like, like just his movies and stuff? If you've seen any of the scary movies, that dude's energy is on a whole <laughs> nother level. Truth, yeah. So I'm trying to think how that would work because I, I can see Marlon Wayans getting them with the, you know, the one, two up the cut. <laughs> but I can almost see Jerry Leto, like, ducking and diving, as, like, as if he was on uh, The Matrix. You know, like, all the bullets and shit was coming at him. And, and the thing is, like, when, he, when he's doing that, he's not breaking eye contact. Yeah, he's not right? breaking he's eye contact. And, and he's, just, he's, he's just talking shit like nobody's business, too. Yes. Just like, and he's countering all of his different roles, like from the uh, the Dallas uh, <laughs> Club, Club, the yeah. Buyers Club, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Uh, what else was he in? Joker he, from Suicide He starts Squad. singing, you know, 30 Seconds to Mars 30 songs. 30 Seconds to Mars songs, Jeez, you know? Like, what? I think that um, out of the throwdown, I think that... Um, I think Jerry would get Marlon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think it's like it's just al- enough? It's always the one that's like 
you would never think. Right. And who can think their ass out of the the, the, the fight or right, like right. you know manipulate it? I I think that Jared Little would get Marlon because I think Marlon would get too antsy and energetic and kind of lose his like yeah his posture and Jared Little would just be easy and just kick yeah. his ass. I, Jared Little would just strangle him with his hair. <laughs> just- he pulls out a – for some reason he's got a shaved head, but he's got hair in his bag because he's like, I'm prepared for this role. Right. It's like, what role do you think this is? He's got like a braid or something. He's like, right. ah! It's like, what are you doing? And then he pulls out his, his guitar. Right. He, like, like he has so much at his like – He's just a prop comic. He has a, <laughs> so much like in his proximity that he could just pull. I imagine him like just like – Juking and jiving like you're doing, and then he's like says stuff, and and, and Marlon punches but hits the wall. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. he's like getting him to do whatever he wants, and then he's just like, Marlon's not like he definitely lands a couple of hits and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, but Jared's got a whole nother level up here that he's just in his brain. He's yeah. like, I've been in your head since Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> I've never left. I'm still there. But I think that that fight would like last for two hours because <laughs> like Marlon Wayans with his energy, Jared yeah. Little could probably, you know, get him, you know, you know, hit him with the one two or, yeah. or whatnot. But I think that he, Marlon would just bounce right, right, bounce his ass right back up. Like, and, like nothing ever happened. And so it would just keep up. going until like Jared Little just like mind controls him yeah. and just like defeats him. Yeah, so. I think that's how. So it goes. we're saying Jared Leto for the win. Jared I'm gonna say Jared Leto for the win. <laughs> that was so much fun. How amazing, Taylor! Thank you so much. This was for fun, being here. guys. This Seriously. was so much fun. Thank you. So every time I get to talk about feedback, emotional intelligence, I just I'm in my happy place. So. Thank and you I didn't know that. what to expect because I had I mean like I haven't talked to you in <laughs> I know, years, right? and you've lost weight. Thank you. I have. Yeah. I ran two marathons. Awesome. Yeah. I think everybody's losing weight. I've lost 36 pounds. Dude, congratulations. That's awesome. 36 pounds? You were never that heavy. Where'd you lose it from? Well, it was really just like fat. So I I, I haven't had alcohol in five months. Good for you. I haven't had bread or red meat in five months. Okay. So red meat, no alcohol, and bread. That'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah, and I've been out working out about three or four times a week. Nice. And and I just did the Spartan race. Hell yeah. Oh, nice, yes. dude. I saw some yes. pictures from that. Yes. Good job, man. Way to go. Very so, nice. um, yeah. yeah, man, I'm just on a whole new, like, I don't know, yeah. conscious, like, level right now. I love it. It, it, it feels great. Yeah. And this conversation, and I've been having, like, I don't know what it is about what's been going on. I've been having really great conversations lately with just yeah. people I haven't seen in a yeah. long nice. ass time. Like, That's awesome. Great maybe God is trying to tell me something. Great conversation eight years ago. Great conversation now. Yes. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for, you know, uh, your, you just, you were a great conversation. Thank we you. talked about some heavy stuff and it was great. And thank yeah. you for, you know, sharing. That was really awesome. So, and we're just so thrilled you're here for episode 200. Yes. Which is I super did 200. We did, did, did pretty well. We did 200 good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of it. Uh, awesome. So this is the part where we like to open it up for the guests. If you have anything you want to promote, if you want to uh, promote your social medias, if there's anything you have out, or if there's anything you'd like to recommend, whether it's a show, a book, or anything like that, yeah. the floor is yours. Um, well, I do have an album out. It's on um, all the streaming platforms. It's called Take Control, and it's an alternative R&B album. Uh, just really talking about uh, relationships and taking control of your life in the sense of uh, having self-control. Um, so you could check that on all streaming platforms. Uh, I work with a collective here in Chicago called Level Next Music, and we did this project with uh, Hidden Beach Recordings. They are the record label who produced all of Jill Scott's earlier albums. Cool. And so they come out with this compilation album called Unwrapped, and so now this is Unwrapped Volume 8, and it's like hip-hop and jazz blended together. Oh, cool. Very nice. And uh, you can stream that as well. It's called Unwrapped Volume 8. And uh, yeah, you can continuously see uh, new work from me, um, uh, new music, 
uh, I have a few auditions under my belt that I'm hoping that I can, you know, yes, man. Uh, get. And uh, I, I'm really just writing and just being creative. And honestly, I'm just going out and having conversations with people. It's awesome. crazy how this just even came. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like my like sixth or seventh, like, I'll just say like a, a, a bro date. Yeah. Like, for honestly. Sure, yeah. Yeah, honestly, yes. it's 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 interesting. It's, it, each one has been I've I've learned something on every single one. So I'm 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 just in a I'm in a phase of just like learning and having self love right now. It's a and great I, I, place to and, be, and, man. and I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah. Put that on the record. You can actually learn something on Mind Gap. Yeah. So there you go. Whoever would have thought that <laughs> <laughs> after 200 episodes, yeah. you can learn something. Yeah. Wink, wink. And just uh, Taylor Mallory on all social media. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Taylor Mallory on all social media platforms: Instagram, uh, Facebook. Yeah, you could just type in Taylor Mallory. I'm the only black guy named Taylor Mallory. <laughs> it is so funny. I just like so check this out. I live in a predominantly all white neighborhood and <laughs> every single time someone like like a maintenance guy comes, they get it, it's so funny cuz they think I'm a girl. Oh. Uh-huh. And they think I'm a white girl. They think I'm a white Taylor girl. Taylor and Mallory, I you guess. Know? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just hilarious. And I remember when I used to go look for apartments, I used to just love showing up. Cause they was, just, give me an example of like you show. I'm like, I'm gonna go, hey, Taylor Mallory, what do they look like? Oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, so uh, you're Taylor? Yeah, I'm when's, Taylor. What's up? When's Taylor coming? <laughs> when's Taylor gonna be here? Yeah, it's me. Yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, Taylor Mallory on all social media platforms, and I want to uh, give a, a big uh, shout out to my mentor Ivan Dupay. Uh, Tanja, her artist name is DJ Ajanra. She was trying to, she she uh, she couldn't come today, and uh, my my guys Quo and Rich Patterson. So nice. awesome. yes, those Very are my cool. music team from Level Next. So awesome. And by the way, I listened to uh, your song Beautiful, uh, which I thought was absolutely beautiful. I think it was called Beautiful. I watched it. It was on uh, I think the collective that you talked about. I think you had recorded it and you did it live. Oh, okay. I think you said he was. Did I just mess? Dang it! Oh, you're talking about the uh, like when I was uh, looping. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's a cover tune by Music Soul Child, but that's gotcha. my rendition of a beautiful. Yeah. Gotcha. I was like, I thought I heard it right, but yeah. I just messed up my. <laughs> anyway, it was awesome. Thank so you. I thought it was really, really cool. So thank you. Well and done. that's what I'm trying to incorporate more is uh, uh, R&B looping, and so you guys can see more creative looping ideals. I know that's I've awesome. seen some yeah. of your Instagram videos you did. A couple it was a couple months, I think it was around December or something. I saw a lot of I think I saw a lot of looping videos. Yeah, yeah. and I and I've been taking a break from it. I I'm one of those creative people like I do so many I do so many things. Like I just came out with a uh oh, I re I brought out my my uh cooking music show Music Burger. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I, I love everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. Um I went on a 10 year hiatus cuz at the time I had a, a contract with um a t- television company they didn't allow me to do my own content. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "You know what? I'm putting back out." So yeah. I, I have a food blog on Instagram called Music Burger TV. You can check it out. Um and I'm going to be incorporating um just food tutorials and music artists from Chicago. I that is it. awesome. Love yeah. it. I love those two things, food and music. It's great. Food and music all under one bun. That's boom. <laughs> music burger. Love it. Oh, <laughs> trademark that. That's beautiful. I love it. That's so good. Justin, yeah. what do you got to uh, yeah, so go uh, check out Chernobyl on HBO. Uh, incredible uh, miniseries. Um <laughs> I would say I can't wait to see what they're gonna do in season two, but it ain't gonna be no season two. <laughs> oh, uh, they yeah. oh, it's not? Oh no, it's based off a of real like they, oh, okay. they tell the whole story of like, okay. yeah, this blew up, a bunch of people died, Russian government cover ups, and that's it. So Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so check out Chernobyl. Um, as always, check out uh, Schitt's Creek because it's an amazing uh, show. And uh, Two East Eighth actually uh, just released Our Son's Girlfriend Jeff, which is our latest short film. Uh, we got it into the uh, Prairie State uh, Film Festival, I think. Nice. And so that's going to be uh, coming up at the end of the month. And then we are fundraising for our next short film called Sid Penrose. So if you go to uh, Indiegogo and you type in Sid Penrose, a short film, 
there's a sketch. It looks like a pencil sketch on a blue background. Um, you can check it out, and we would love it if you could donate – uh, you know, anywhere between one dollar and two thousand dollars would be amazing. Uh, and if you I like can't, that range, yeah, exactly. And if you can't uh, donate, you know, word of mouth is always great. So share it around. Uh, it, it's a very personal story to Drew, uh, especially and his girlfriend. Uh, and it's a really, uh, it's it's just it's going to be a really cool thing. So we're going out to um, uh, we're going to be filming it in LA. So it's going to be nice, really cool. man. Yeah, that's really cool. Doug, very what about exciting. you? Uh, nothing as cool as that, but uh, <laughs> I, I recommend uh, the episode 1309 from the Joe Rogan Experience, Naval uh, Rockavant. Uh, I probably mispronounced his last name. Mind-blowing with this guy. He's like an angel investor. Uh, his pers- he's so freaking intelligent. His, his idea of business, of what it's like to... Uh, what the world he thinks is going to be like for working in the future, mm. like in the near future. Interesting. <laughs> This is a podcast. This is a, a, it's a podcast. The Joe Rogan Experience, dude. I'm I'm I cannot wait to listen to this on the way home. Okay, I'm you, so pumped. Um, how do you uh, spell it? Uh, it's uh, Joe Rogan Experience. Oh, Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I probably was like Joe Rogan Experience. No, and what, and what episode is it's that? It's episode thirteen oh nine with uh, Naval Rockavant. Uh, or Ravikant, Ravikant, probably not Ravikant. I anyway. love stuff like that, like futuristic Dude, things. Yeah, this guy is so freaking smart, and the I, things yeah. he was talking about, I'm like, oh, tell me more about how you think AI is gonna actually make life better, and how he thinks universal basic income is a, t- a bad idea. Like just things like that, just mm. amazing. It was so good, and I can't wait to finish it. So highly recommend that. Awesome. Yes, you guys can find MindGap on all social medias. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram at MindGap Podcast. If you have any suggestions for videos or anything like that, you can email us at mindgappodcast at gmail.com. And also, you can find our YouTube channel uh, on YouTube. Look for MindGap. Uh, we've got uh, Doug Watches Awkward Videos and Justin Plays Video Games. So you can enjoy that as well. And Justin also... We're going to be recording a few more of those uh, coming soon. I can't wait to watch more awkward videos. It'll be a blast. Uh, Justin also exists in the digital realm. That's right. Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Because iTunes no longer exists. Oh, we need to uh, talk. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> back. Yeah. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold. You can like us, subscribe, review, rate, all the things that we ask that you do. It means so much to us. It takes so little time on your part. So uh, just please do them. And then 2East8th.com slash MindGap. And then uh, just, again, check out all of 2 East 8th's stuff we got going on. And, you know, please follow Taylor Mallory. Yes. Appreciate that. Because he's a cool guy. Is it 2 East 8th from Columbia? It is. Awesome. That's my, that was my dorm, too. I'll tell you more about that. <laughs> oh, I got some stuff yeah. from 2 East 8th, man. Uh, Jared, thank you so much. Uh, real quick, Jared says uh, Marlon would win easy. He's had to fight with his brothers, uncles, and cousins. Oh! <laughs> that's so, true. I that's, didn't think yeah, about that. That's oh. fair point. That's fair. Uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so thank you, everyone uh, who is watching on Twitch as well. Awesome. Uh, Taylor, thank you again so much for Thank you, here. guys. Justin, thank you so much for being here. Douglas, thank you. See you guys Tell next week. Thank <laughs> See you next week, guys. See you. Mind Gap Podcast.